Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Get Looking Podcast. I hope you are well. Today's episode is going to be a slightly different one in that usually I am talking about how to get you looking, moving and feeling better. And today's episode is off the back of a question I got the other day. So someone just asked me, like, did you have to go to university to become a personal trainer? And I sort of chuckled to myself because I definitely didn't need to do that to become a personal trainer, even though I did go to university. And I sort of realised that it's just not general knowledge as to how to become a personal trainer, even though it seems very popular at the moment. I think with social media and reality TV shows like Love Island and all of those other vapid forms of entertainment that people like to consume and live vicariously through, um, it can seem like everyone and their dog is a personal trainer. Um, but that's not the case and I think there still exists like a lot of um, stereotypes that are somewhat perpetuated by these shows around PTs and that like you just have to be young and with a six pack uh, rippling muscles just to become a personal trainer and that's not true either um, but in terms of the numbers of PTs again whilst it seems that everyone is becoming a personal trainer nowadays there's only sort of between 20 and 40,000 personal trainers in the UK um, it's quite a hard number to actually pinpoint because um, whilst you have to get a qualification and you have to um, be insured um, to actually practice safely um, you don't actually have any other there are governing bodies such as such as reps and simspa um but it's not in force you don't have to be a member of these organizations it can add some credibility um but even then they're not massively regulated um and there are some very loose rules that you have to stick to in order to keep your membership to those organizations um so yeah, it's it's a tough number to pinpoint, um, and for that reason, I can only give you a guesstimation. Um, but that's out of like a population, an adult population of around fifty-seven million. Um, sorry, fifty-two million, um, and that's for over sixteens. Uh, I think you actually you might have to be eighteen to be a personal trainer. I don't actually quite know. Um, but yeah, how do you become a personal trainer? So. The first thing is to get a level two qualification. So that allows you to become a gym instructor, to work in a gym, um, usually cleaning machines, um, sort of like putting on classes, um, member uh, relationships and stuff like that. Um, and then you go on to level three. And then once you get that level three, you can personal train people, one-to-one group sessions, and there are progressions beyond that. You can get a level four personal training qualification, um, which usually means you're specialising in, could be diabetes, could be lower back pain, um, something like that. Um, but all you need is that level two and level three to begin working with people as a personal trainer. 
So no, you don't need a degree to become a personal trainer. Um, I did do a degree, but I went with the intention to become a school teacher and then quickly realized, even though I wasn't working with children, that the idea of <laughs> teaching adolescents repulsed me. Um, so then I finished uni and went traveling for a bit and then decided to train as a personal trainer. Um, because it interested me. Um, I like working with people. I like fitness. Um, and the business side of things really interested me as well. And I think that's how a lot of people get into it. Generally, they like fitness or they've gone on their own fitness journey. And they're just like, oh, I'll be a personal trainer. Um, and I think the ease with which you can get a qualification, you just literally need to hand over some money, um, do a couple of tests and examinations um and you're done but it's within the best interests of the awarding sort of companies of these qualifications to pass you um like they're getting paid for it um i think the bar is quite low um to qualify at least that was my experience of it um and so therefore a lot of people are doing these qualifications and they're sort of sold a a dream of earning 50 to 100 pound an hour um 30 grand a year um without really being told any of the stuff that goes alongside it and i think this is a important podcast uh, sort of in this time because obviously the pandemic has um showed a lot of people's career choices to be ones that they're not too happy with it's given some people an opportunity um, through furlough and um, even job losses to sort of sit down, reevaluate, reassess what they actually want from life. And a job in fitness might be something that people want to do. Um, obviously, not everyone, um, but if you have been furloughed, you will have money for not working or working reduced hours. Um, and your outgoings might have gone down. So you might have been able to save some money looking to do a career change and you might want to spend £2,000 on a level two and level three qualification that allows you to become a personal trainer. Um, I think people are put off by the fact that it seems like everyone is a personal trainer nowadays, but those numbers suggest that that just isn't the case. Um, and just, just so some quick sums... So there's 20 to 40,000 PTs, assuming that 40,000 is the exact number. Um, with over 52 million people in the UK over the age of 16, I think it's a fair estimation to say that around 50% of those people could probably do with a personal trainer in some capacity. Um, so that leaves us with 26 million. And then if we divide that by the amount of PTs there currently are in the UK, uh, at 40,000, um, that gives each of those PTs 650 clients. Um, and even if there was 400,000 PTs in the UK, that would still be 65 clients per person, which is definitely more than enough to make a sustainable living on. So there definitely isn't a scarcity thing here. Um, I think that the way we are going as a, as a society means that the demand for PTs is going to increase with um, some sort of descaling of the role of the NHS living in an obesogenic society whereby 
calorie dense foods are easily available for not a lot of money um, add in additional sedentariness that is coming with convenience such as we've obviously got cars we've got uh, desk jobs um, so I think the demand is going to increase so I think that it is a viable career choice for a lot of people um, and of those like top end 40,000 that I spoke about a lot of them won't be practicing um, PTs like the turnover rate of PTs um, just to sort of <laughs> go against my previous point is very high like I, I can't remember the exact statistics but around 80% of PTs give up being a PT within the first two years um, but that doesn't mean that it can't be done um, I think the most successful PTs are the ones that um, are not the ones attracted by the £50 per hour, are not the ones attracted by the thirty grand a year salary, um, and the ones that enter it with a sort of forever student mindset. So ones that are always looking to uh, acquire knowledge, um, put that into action with their clients and get their clients' results, um, build relationships with those clients and people within their local vicinity whether that's other business members um, or whatever it may be other gym members that aren't their clients um, so yeah I think there's a lot of scope um, for new PTs to be successful it's not a dwindling industry um, I think the pandemic has shown a lot of potential problems with it in that obviously gyms have been closed but once we're through that I think there will be a little boom which a lot of people can capitalize on if they are looking to uh, start their qualifications and get qualified soon. So once you've got your qualification, you've essentially got two options. You can either be self-employed or you can be employed by a gym or a health club. Um, I am self-employed, um, but some people go through the employed route, um, especially to begin with, because it gives them a safety net of um, like a certain amount of money per month and then you might get bonuses based on how many sessions you sort of coach per month and that can be nice because you are taking home some money um, and then and then like a certain percentage of it is going to be based on your performance um, and it gives you an experience of being on the gym floor of acquiring clients um, but some pressures are involved obviously you are employed so you have targets to hit and if you don't hit those targets then you will be as with any job you will be sort of more open to being moved on um in this example not getting paid as much um so there is that that is the first option um the self-employed option obviously you don't have that safety net so you have to go into a gym they might negotiate sort of like a reduced rent or free rent for the first month or, or two um but you have to get your own clients and the clock is ticking because from month two from month three you're going to be paying full rent which is going to vary depending on where you're based um, but typically between sort of 200 um, and a thousand pounds per month thousand pounds being sort of in london um yet yeah, sort of central london not really anywhere else in the uk i'd imagine um but you have to wear a lot of hats uh, which you might not have to if you are in somewhere that you're being employed. So you have to be uh, a salesperson, you have to be a lead generator, you have to be a social media manager, you have to be willing to wear all of those hats 
as well as put in like long days because no one's going to know you're a personal trainer if you're not there to show them you're a personal trainer so that means being on the gym floor when you haven't got clients um, and I remember back when I started very much sort of being in there sort of for the pre-work clients um, well not even clients because I didn't have clients at the start obviously but for like the pre-work rush so if office workers are starting at 8.39 that's sort of anywhere between 7 and 8 uh, maybe even a little bit earlier so being in the gym from like 7 in the morning till 7 in the evening so that 12 hour maybe even 15 hour some days window um, just to show my face be there to help um, take on consultations uh, have clients when I sort of gathered momentum and so if you were to then boil that down into a hourly rate that's not going to be that great um, and that's going to vary massively um, compared to the employed option that you have but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be done and I don't think that should put people off I think um, approaching it from a very much growth mindset I think there's a lot of opportunity to be had uh, you have a lot of freedom you have a lot of flexibility once you start to build your client base um, and I think if you're like me if you enjoy fitness if you like business um, I think it's a very good option and I think it gives you a lot of free time when you have established yourself and you're able to build systems and put things in place which mean you're able to take a step out of the business and out of coaching um, whether that's for specific afternoons, specific days of the week, uh, whatever it may be, like you will get out of it as much as you put in. It can be a career that you can have until you're into your 40s, 50s, and like as long as you're successful, you can retire off of it and you can, as I say, build systems in place, which mean you're able to bring on other trainers and stuff um, and build like a, a lifetime career out of this. I think we're not conditioned because I don't think personal training has ever had that much of a spotlight on it, but it's sort of like historically, uh, maybe even in some people's heads now, like it's not seen as a real job. It's sort of something you you experience um, or experiment with, sorry, um, when you're younger, when you haven't got as many um, responsibilities. And I think that's true. I think that's the the ideal environment for it uh, because you can fail you can try things learn from them and then build better things um but yeah it's still sort of seen as like a, sort of a joke job like when i started it's just like okay well that's that's good for now but what are you going to do when you're 40 and um well hopefully this i mean at the end of the day hopefully this um and i think a lot of people sort of aged 30 plus I'm going to say um, that I've never done personal training um, but like the idea of it as a career choice they're sort of worried that like with those responsibilities that it can sort of be a bad option for them um, and it puts them off taking that jump into getting qualified and then sort of seeing what's out there um, but I think because you have those two options of being employed or being self-employed um, there are safety nets to be had and the things is well it comes down to your ability to relate to people and so if you're 40 years old 
there's a very good chance you're going to be very good at relating to other 40-year-olds that may have children, um, have just bought a house, um, have really stressful 9-to-5 jobs. So you're going to be able to relate to them. And I think if you can relate to someone, you are more likely to get them as a client. And that goes for people going into their 50s, into their 60s. So if you start at 40 and were able to relate to your peer group and keep on doing that for 20 years, you could have a successful career, um, a very successful 20-year career, even after changing careers at the age of 40. But I think there's this worry that you have to be young, you have to be shredded, you have to be really into fitness, you have to have played sport when you were younger. And I don't think any of that is true. I think um, I think there is some social proof to be had from being in decent shape. But even then, if you have been overweight and you've lost 30 kilos, let's say, um, you are going to be ideal for someone that is in the position you were in and you're going to be the authority to them on how to lose that 30 kilos and then manage it and then maybe lose more. Um, so yeah, I think it's a career for, for literally anyone, anyone who is willing to take that jump, anyone who is willing to, to sort of want to break down stereotypes around an industry that is sort of has some very like strong, um, stereotypes around it, um, which are sort of based off of like what we see the ideal personal trainer to be in our head, shredded young um really sporty into fitness da, 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 da. um as long as you're willing to break down those stereotypes i think you can be very successful i think if you again are willing to approach it from a forever student mindset like you are never going to know everything to do with human psychology nutrition training uh muscle gain like you're just never going to know all of that but you need to know enough to help the people you work with and I think the low barrier to entry to become a personal trainer, whilst it can be problematic um, and some sort of lack of regulation can um, cause a lot of damage to some people and it that doesn't help the perception of personal trainers like injuries and um, sort of like very bad like restrictive diets and, and all of that stuff doesn't help the perception of personal trainers. Um, but as long as you're not a dick, like you should do well, like as long as you're relatable to people. Um, and I think the low barrier to entry in that respect, like if you are a good person is ideal because you can get in there, get some foundational knowledge, get your qualification and then decide what you want to do with it. You've got that basic knowledge. So what do you want to specialize on? Do you want to work with lower back pain people? Do you want to work with pregnant women? Do you want to work with women exclusively? Do you want to work with men that want to gain muscle? Um, there's so many avenues you can go down and you can change within them as well. Like you can go down one route, decide you don't want to do that and then sort of go down the other route. Um, it is really sort of boundless in that respect. I personally like to consider myself somewhat a generalist. I like to work with people on like an holistic level Um on different areas of their life, um, habit change, behavior change, and obviously food and training that comes within that. Um, some people will be like highly qualified nutritionists. Um, 
and the training is secondary for them like they are qualified personal trainers as well but the main thing they do is nutrition but the avenues are endless um and i think you can really explore what you like to do and who you like to do that with not in a naughty way obviously um but yeah and i'm just sort of rambling now because there are so many avenues you can go down um but yeah to, to summarize i don't think there is a lack of potential clients out there i think the demand is going to increase uh for the reasons i said um i think you should take advantage of the low barrier to entry if it's something that interests you um get that level two get that level three you can usually buy them as a package deal it doesn't really matter too much uh which one you take there's a lot of providers out there they're all doing very similar things it's what you do after that that really makes a difference what are you willing to put in and what are you willing to study after your qualification that is going to really define your success as a personal trainer um but it's not just the knowledge it's the action of that knowledge as well um you can read as many personal training books as many nutrition books as you could um but if you don't transfer any of that into action with your clients or potential clients then you won't be successful and beyond that it's just a really fulfilling career like when you're helping people achieve what they set out to achieve when you're helping people break down mental barriers that they've had since they were teenagers when you're helping people um, value themselves more and build their self-confidence and their self-efficacy when it comes into the gym being able to sort of walk into the weight section with confidence and bang out a session that other people are watching being like oh well they definitely know what they're doing um is massive and to see the smile on their face to hear the joy in their voice as they're telling you that back um after they've just been to their local gym without you and said yeah i I did that stuff that we did last time i felt really confident and it's just the best feeling in the world and to see people's uh, mental and physical journeys um and just see that progression from them is just so nice um and it it makes the long days worth it it makes the endless learning worth it um and yeah it's just so nice to sort of see and feel um so yeah i definitely recommend it obviously i'm very biased um but yeah hopefully that has given you a insight into becoming a personal trainer uh if you have any questions off the back of today's episode just let me know and i will speak to you all very soon